You're listening to the Brand Builders Lab podcast, episode 110. Welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. I'm your host, Suze Chadwick, founder, author, speaker, and bold branding and business coach. Right here on this podcast, you'll learn how to create an epic brand, profitable business, get marketing savvy, and we'll help you find the confidence to step up as the CEO to scale and grow. Ready? Let's go. Hey, hey, welcome back to the podcast. We've got a few different things happening around here. I decided it was time for a bit of a change. So we've changed the music up a bit. We've changed the intro up a bit. And it feels like a fresh coat of paint, if you ask me. But if this is your first time here, hey, welcome. It is awesome to have you here. As I said, I'm Suze Chadwick. I'm the founder of The Connection Exchange. And I work with savvy business owners to help you build a confidently bold brand. And this is my little home on the interwebs in audio land. And I love to come in every single week and either share a solo episode or an awesome interview with you, which is what we are doing today. Today, we are talking about one of my favorite topics, which is finance. And I have got the perfect person to be chatting with today about this. And I think that you're going to love this chat as well. I am chatting with Fiona Johnson of Peach Business and Fiona and I, we've kind of met at a number of different events, those sorts of things. So Fiona is a chartered accountant who is all about impact and no bean counter. Fee works with purpose-led business owners to make sure they make a big impact with a healthy profit. Oh, music to my ears. She helps business owners to make better business decisions by creating business plans, financial forecasts, and with regular check-ins. Her clients, which include the Digital Picnic, Project Rocket, Arlo and Co and more all come to her by word of mouth because she truly makes a difference to the people she works with. So today we are chatting all about finance and one of the reasons why I am so passionate about this, I talk about it in Brown Builders Academy, I talk about it here on the podcast, I talk about it everywhere, is that I think that it is so important for us to understand how to grow our profits because you know what that means? It means we can pay ourselves more. It means that we can have more abundance and financial independence, yeah? It's not just about the numbers, it's about what the numbers mean. And so that is why I'm super passionate about it. And that is what we're gonna be talking about today. Now, before we dive into this week's episode, I just wanna remind you of two things. The first thing is that you can still grab my free masterclass, which is pretty new if you go to suzechadwick.com forward slash scale and you can check that out. The second thing is that Brand Builders Academy next live coaching round will be opening on the 13th of July. So I'm giving you a heads up if you want to create a bolder brand, articulate your message, get super confident in how you're marketing yourself and create a profitable business then that is for you. So you can head over to suzechadwick.com forward slash BBA and sign up for the wait list if you'd like to. But listen, this is such a good episode. I don't want to delay any more. Let's dive in. Fiona, welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. Thanks for having me. My pleasure, my pleasure. (laughs) Um, Now, we've kind of been in the same circles for a little while uh, and we know a lot of the same people. And then you've kind of popped up in my feed when people have been talking about creating profitability in their business, getting their finances organised. And so I went and I took a look-see at your Insta account and I'm like, what exactly does Fiona do? And we were just chatting about this. So what are all of the titles and labels that you kind of work with your clients under? Yeah, so it's interesting because the field that I work in is still evolving. So um, I started my business around 10 years ago and had no idea what to call myself. Um, And now I've sort of evolved into sometimes calling myself a business manager Sometimes I call myself a virtual CFO and sometimes I call myself a business mentor and sometimes a financial coach. So it just sort of depends on, um, you know, what, um, you know, what kind of works for people. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so you're a chartered accountant. So by qualification and let's say inverted commas trade. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you started, were you just kind of focused more on the numbers? Like, did you find that you ended up just having these more broader business conversations Mm. with clients? Like how did that sort of evolve for you? Yeah. I think um, like I started my career in small business tax and what I loved about that was the clients. Yeah. I just loved meeting the small businesses and seeing how they did things. And um, when I left that career, I went and worked in a craft brewery, which was just incredible. Um, And I learned so much in that arena that was beyond just the finances and more tending towards strategy and marketing and a bit of HR. And um, when I started my business, I knew exactly what type of client that I wanted to work with. Yeah. And so that's what I've always focused on is this particular client that I really love working with is a small to medium business who is using their business as a force for good. And I knew that they needed advice in terms of how to put their business model together so that it would be viable. And I knew that they were looking for help interpreting and projecting their numbers. And it just happens that I'm, I sort of, because I've been doing this now for nearly 20 years, I know a little bit about all of these other parts of business like marketing and, you know, the internet and e-commerce and HR and a little bit of legal. So when I kind of come together as a package, it means that my clients are getting this really specialised financial help that's really tailored to small and medium businesses. But I'll also be able to spot where they need to hire another specialist because I can see that there's an opportunity there for them to bring in a marketer or a, you know, a, a staff member or whatever it might be. Yeah, awesome. That's so good. I love the well-roundedness of all the elements that you can help with because I actually think that this is one of the biggest issues that small businesses deal with is, and I saw this the other day actually, where I saw a post and somebody was saying, I actually finally hit the magic number, whatever that (laughs) might be, like of six figures and then kind of found out that it's financially not actually worth it because I'm not yep. making the money that I want. Yep. And I just think there's such a disconnect a lot of the time between revenue and profit yep. and like, you know, operating expenses and all the rest of it. And I just think that this is something I'm really passionate about mm. um, is really helping women in business because that's who I mainly work with yep. to really understand like how to create a profitable business, which is why I was like, I need to get you on the podcast. <laughs> I want to talk more about this. And so we are going to be talking about how to get your business into great financial shape, which yep. I'm excited about. Um, when this goes live, which is going to be in June, um, May, June of 2020, we're about to come into the end of the financial year here in Australia as well. So I think the timing's great. But, um, but I guess the first thing I'd love to ask is what are you seeing is lacking in the financial education or awareness of mm. business owners today or at the moment? Yeah, I, I'll probably use a bit of an analogy of what's happening on social media to sort of describe what I think is happening in business in general. So, you know, um, in social media, which is, you know, it's still such a young industry, it just blows me away, but it's really only been there for 10 years. So you see people putting so much effort into their social media and trying to grow their following without having the engagement. And so if you've got this incredible audience sitting there and you're not actually engaging with them enough to be, you know, getting engagement and actually having something happen, it's kind of the same in that, Lots of business owners are striving towards this thing called revenue or income because it sounded good and they read a book that said you need to get your revenue up, blah, blah, blah. But if you're not building a business that has profit built into your business model, you will not be able to survive. And and so I'm seeing people putting so much effort into that sort of front end of their business. They've got a beautiful website. They've got great social media um, presence. Their products are beautiful. Their photography is great. And then they come and see me. Like some of the businesses that I've um, met with in the last 10 years, I've just been absolutely 
devastated for them when I've seen what's going on in their finances because, you know, they're, they're putting all of this effort into these things that are um, able to be seen by the world without taking the time to actually look at what do I need from this business? Yeah. So that real focus on revenue instead of a focus on profit, I think is what's really missing from a lot of the sort of business, you know, literature that's going around. Yeah. 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 That's so interesting. So we're going to be talking about a few different things today. Um, and I'm excited to dive into this as well. So before we get started, where can people find you on, are you mainly on Insta? Like where we're going to talk about this and it'll be in the show notes, but where are you mainly found? Yeah. So my handle is peach.business and I am a very inconsistent user of social media. (laughs) (laughs) I go through phases where I'm excited about it and then I drop off for a while and, um, the funny thing is I work with some of the best social media agencies in Australia as yeah. my clients. Um, but, yes, my handle is peach.business and I am on there occasionally and when I'm on there I'm really trying to give quality content. So yeah. what is actually going to help people here? And, yeah, um, yeah my business- Can I ask why peach? Yeah. So I actually start... The, the formation of my business idea actually happened in an olive grove. So about 10 years ago, uh, a friend who is a graphic designer and has her own business wanted to take me away for the weekend because she could see that I just wasn't fulfilled with my work and she was right. And I'd always known I was going to start my own business but wasn't, I was kind of waiting for a lightning bolt to fall on me to say today's the day. As we all do, the lightning bolt never comes. And so I was in a place called the Grampians, which is a beautiful sort of rural part of Victoria. Um, And I met this woman named Jane Seymour, who is the founder of Mount Zero Olives. She has this beautiful biodynamic olive grove. And I started talking with her and she started realising that I had all of these skills that she was looking for in her business. And... um, you know, she said to me, look, I really want to work with you. How, how could you make that happen? And I said, oh, well, here's my phone number. and just like made it up as I was going. And within a few days, I'd come up with the whole concept in my mind. And the reason I wanted the word peach was because I knew that I wanted to work with this focus of sustainability and organic. Um, you know, I love seeing organic growth in businesses and I love seeing businesses that are focused on sustainability both in, you know, an environmental sense but also in terms of the longevity of their business. Yeah. So Peach to me felt like, you know, there's so many metaphors there about the seedling and, and growing into the flower and then becoming fruit. And when I told my graphic designer friend who'd taken me away for the weekend about this idea, she said to me, you know, I grew up on a peach orchard and, of course, I had no idea. So that it just all felt so right. Amazing. And, um, yeah, now people sometimes call me Miss Peachy or Peach or, you know, it's kind of my name Fee and the name Peach have become sort of synonymous. Amazing. I love yeah. that as yeah. a branding person. I'm like, yes, I yeah. love it. It's unique. It stands yeah. out. That's fantastic. Yeah. All you. right, great. Well, listen, let's dive in. So let's talk about like what are the key things that some of my listeners who are mainly small businesses, they might be starting out or they could be five or 10 years in business. Yeah. Um, what are some of the things that they really need to be thinking about when it comes to getting their business into great financial shape? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> So, look, the first thing that I would say is to start by just getting familiar with your numbers. So, you know, I meet lots of business owners who are just terrified of looking at their finances because they think that they don't know how to read them or what they mean. And so the first um, place to start is to actually start looking at your financial reports in your zero or whichever system you're using just spending 15 minutes a month just looking at those reports and trying to understand what these reports mean. Okay, so the first report that you want to look at is your profit and loss, which most people have heard of. And a profit and loss is about the performance of your business within a period of time. So it's looking at how much income did you um, invoice, what were the costs and therefore what profit was left. Yeah, so before we go further into that... 
I actually want to take a step back because there mm. might be some businesses who don't have a financial system. So, so, totally. so yeah. when it comes to that, and I yeah. feel like, um, I feel like it probably was at least a year or two before mm. I bought Zero, yeah. which is my financial software. And so what's the benefits of when you're, st- even if you're starting a business or if somebody's sitting there and listening and they don't have a financial system, yeah. like why should they get that and what should they be thinking about just before we dive into what it does? Yes. Yeah. yeah, no, good question. So yes, the, I mean, before you have a bookkeeping system, the best thing to do is have a bank account, which is for your business. That's just item number one, because if you have all of your business ins and outs going through your personal bank account, you're going to have no idea whether you are making money or not. So that's step number one. Make sure your business transactions are going through their own bank account so that you can identify, am I actually getting money back from this bank account? And if not, it means that you're not generating enough profit to, to pay yourself. So then... In terms of why would I have a bookkeeping system, look, it is possible to run a business without a bookkeeping system. However, you are making it a little bit harder for yourself in terms of understanding your numbers because you might be putting them together in Excel or asking your accountant to put them together at the end of the year. So, you know, the the money that you spend on the bookkeeping system is probably saved in accounting fees at the Mm -hmm. end of the year anyway. And it just gives you so much more transparency into what is actually happening in your business. And I think one of the first steps towards taking your business seriously is to set yourself up with Xero or Sasu or any of the other platforms out there. Because if you're in it for the long term, then of course you want to see your finances sitting there in in the easiest format that you can see them in. Yeah, and I also just think that software is so affordable these days and it's so good that like maybe 10 years ago or 20 years ago, it would have cost a lot more or it just wasn't as good as it is now. I have to be honest. I'm a little bit addicted to zero. Oh, it's Um, very addictive. I'm like gamified. (laughs) I'm like, I go in pretty much a couple of times a week. I'm like making sure that everything's reconciled. I'm checking my expenses, like all of that. And I kind of really enjoy it. Like I kind of enjoy it because... It's just good to see what's coming in and what's going out. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I just think there's no reason not to. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's one of the other things that I say to early stage business owners is don't outsource your bookkeeping too early. You know, it's really important to understand how the numbers are coming together. And I think there's a lot of, um, you know, things you read on, on the internet that tell you that outsourcing is the key. And yes, I believe that having a good outsourcing strategy can be really powerful in a business. But, you know, if you're outsourcing something that you don't know how to do yourself, you're so much less likely to get a good result than if you know, look, I've got at least a rough idea of what needs to be done to make this work and therefore I can successfully outsource that to somebody. Yeah, so I do all of my bookkeeping in zero, and then I've got an accountant who does Perfect. my BAS and my end of financial year. But I go in and I make sure that like everything looks the way it needs to look and yep. that sort of thing. So um, I have eventually outsourced probably a couple of years into my business those elements, mm. but the day-to-day bookkeeping is I'm really like committed to understanding myself and that's made such a difference to how I make decisions yeah when it comes to where I spend my money yeah yeah you're like singing my tune right now (laughs) so I just love it I always tell people that trying to learn how to do your own books in the early phase in the early stages is a great idea and um, staying connected with your zero file too even if you're not doing the bookkeeping at least being in there and understanding what's happening I think is really important because the more familiar you are with something, the more power you're going to have over changing it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's so important. Like I know some people are like, oh, I can't deal with my numbers. Like I don't want to look at them. Like that's too hard. I'm going to get my boyfriend, my husband, somebody else to do it, whatever it is. Um, And I just, 
I just really want to communicate what you just said. Yeah. There is power in knowing your numbers. There Absolutely. is like you get to make the decisions rather than like leaving it to somebody else to kind of tell you what's going on in your business. Uh, and I just think that's so important. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a, I meet so many women, I've, uh, particularly women who have that approach. I'm overwhelmed. I'm not good at numbers. I can't do it. And it's just avoiding the situation. And when you avoid something, it never gets any better, does it? Yeah. yeah. And I'm so passionate about the idea that women are great with numbers because women are really great at organizing events working out timetables, um, yes. you know, as in who's going to be here at this time, what time, cooking, budgeting, um, sewing, painting. Anyone who can paint onto a canvas understands numbers. And I think we've got this idea that the numbers when they come to our finances are these different scary numbers that I couldn't possibly look at. But actually you're already bloody kick-ass at numbers. You just need to apply the same openness to learning in that arena that you would in other parts of your life. Yeah. So before yeah. we head back into profit and loss, cause yeah. it's just so exciting. Uh, <laughs> the one thing I do want to say to my listeners right now, what story are you telling yourself when it comes to your numbers? Yeah. And is that story serving you to make your business viable, profitable and letting it grow? So I just yeah. like, I just want to put that in there because if you're going, Oh, I just want you to catch yourself in that. Yeah. So important. Yeah. Or they might be sitting there thinking, oh, look, Fee and Suze would never have gone through this, what I'm going through. Of course we have. Yes. Both of us are human beings who doubt ourselves and haven't, you know, maybe have sometimes felt overwhelmed about our own numbers, but we've both learned to overcome that and, and keep going. Yeah. And I just want to say as well, like I didn't do it for the first like year or two. Yeah. Um, I did not manage the, like my finances as well as I could have. And I so wish that I had now because it is so easy. I think I thought it was going to be so much harder, yeah. but with the accounting software, it's literally clicking a button. It's going in and taking a look they make it really clear and easy. So if you're thinking it's hard, it's actually not because yeah. um, all of your bank feed goes into your system. So it's all there for you uh, to really look at and, and assess as well. So I just want you to, I just want and to let you know. this podcast is now sponsored by Zero. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever software you use. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. you're so right. Like the, all of the modern bookkeeping software is designed for business owners. Yeah. Okay. In the past, the bookkeeping software was designed for bookkeepers. And there's quite a distinction there. Because bookkeepers already understand what's happening behind the scenes with those transactions, whereas a business owner needs the software to do it in a way that makes sense to the business owner, not to the bookkeeper. And yeah. so it's just a whole, the, the user interface and the experience of using Xero or Sasu or QuickBooks or Whatever, the other yeah. ones, it's completely different from what bookkeeping was, say, 15 years ago. Yeah. yeah. And the price points, we've all gotten so spoiled with software that we expect that everything's going to be $10 a month. But, you know, if you look back at what business software cost 20 years ago, you had to go and get your own team to build things mm. for you that we can now get off the shelf for $50 a month or $100 a month or whatever it might be. Yeah. So, yeah, we are absolutely spoiled with yeah. software. So do it. Do it is what we're saying. Just do it. <laughs> Just do it. Yeah. If you don't have one right now, get a bank account for your business, yeah. feed it into whatever software you determine is the one for you and let's get started today. So that is yeah. your call to action. We've not even actually dove into this, this podcast episode yet, like yeah. fully, but that's uh, your first port of call. So yeah. let's talk about profit and loss because that's kind of where I interjected yeah. sorry yeah no good um so yeah the, of the three reports that i think you should try to get your head around the first is the profit and loss which tells the story of the performance of your business within a time frame so how much income did you invoice what were your expenses and what was left over and accountants often like to express profit as a percentage of income and that's because we just like to be able to make a quick calculation to say okay if your profit percentage is 20%, that means of every 
um, dollar, you get to keep 20% for yourself. And so it's just a quick number to have in your head. Okay, the next report to get your head around is called the cash flow. And the cash flow is literally how much money came in and how much money went out of my bank account and what is left over. So a cash flow, the cash flow is the most important part of your business, particularly in the first five years, because um, if there's no money in the bank account, you're going to be stuck. Yeah. Okay, so understanding the ins and outs and the timing of when things come in and out of your bank account is important. And then the third report is called the balance sheet. And this is the one that most business owners are least familiar with. So your balance sheet is about the position of your business at that particular date in time. So what are my assets? What do I own? And the sort of things you might own would be money in the bank. You would also have money owed to you by your customers. You might have stock or equipment. And then what, are the, what money do I owe to others? So that could be I owe money to the ATO that's coming up for my BAS. I owe money to my suppliers that I'm waiting for the end of the month to pay them. And you might actually owe money to yourself as well from within your business. And the difference between those two numbers is your equity. So in a similar way to when you own a house and you have a mortgage and the difference between the value of the house and the mortgage is called your equity. And I think most people who are kind of at least um, in the property market kind of understand that concept. And it's really the same sort of concept that within your business. So they're the reports that I, um, you know, my um, suggestion to you is to spend some time looking at those reports and the more time you spend looking at them, the more sense they will start to make. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, once again, if you've got a good software, then it's a click of a button yes. and it shows you all of those. I kind of go pretty regularly and I'll take a look at like year to, to year to date profit yep. and loss um, as, and then monthly as well. And just take a look and understand like why my expenses might've been higher one month than another and mm. those sorts of things. But I think that the more you look at it, the more it just becomes something that you're really um, just au fait with. Really. Yeah. It's like the first time you tried to use Instagram, you were like, Ooh, which button do I push? <laughs> it's and like me with TikTok now. I'm like, Oh, I gotta learn it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's just about getting familiar yeah. with what the terms mean. Yeah. yeah, great. And on that note, if your accountant is unable to explain these concepts to you, then you might need to look elsewhere for that education. Not saying you need a new accountant, but, you know, there's plenty of ways to access education. And I think not all accountants and finance people are actually good at communicating these concepts. Mm. Yeah. And do you think that you should go with an accountant that, like, if you're a small business yeah. that works with small businesses? 100%. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yes. Because there's so many different issues that affect small businesses as opposed to medium or large businesses. And I see a lot of uh, smaller businesses making the mistake of thinking that working with a fancy firm with a nice foyer. Um, is actually going to get them better service. But in fact, you're probably going to be paying more because you're actually not utilising all of the value that's there for you with a big firm when you're a small business. Yeah. So you're paying for all this value that you're not yet able to access and you're actually getting expertise from someone who isn't actually doing your kind of work every day. Mm. So yes, I highly recommend um, seeking out a small business or medium-sized business specialist in terms of the tax, your tax accountant. Okay. Yeah, All right, great. absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So once we've gotten familiar, once we've set up our bank account, we've got some software, we're getting familiar with our numbers, what else do we need to be thinking about? Yeah. So this really segues quite well from what you were talking about, about the stories that we tell ourselves. So the next thing I would say is check your money mindset. And I'm hearing lots of people talk about money mindset at the moment, which I think is fantastic. And what I mean by that is most people are actually walking around with these stories and beliefs in their heads about money that actually are untrue. And so some of these beliefs can be really deep down, well below our conscious level of understanding. And those beliefs tend to come from parents or other family members who were important to you 
at various times in your life. It can come from workplaces that you've worked in or colleagues that you've met or just conversations that you've had that have been poignant for some reason where you've told yourself that, you know, money is evil, for example, or you've told yourself that only people who, um, you know, rip off others are the ones being making money or, um, you know, some of the money beliefs can be really when you look at what the truth of the matter is, is that, you know, money is something that we all need to survive. And in fact, money is just a method of valuing things. It's really just a matter of saying, if I have $500 and I'm wanting to purchase X, you know, what is the value of that thing that I'm going to purchase? And how does that compare to the value of the $500 that I've got to buy it with? And so I think we get so we link money and we link our, we, so many of us link how much is in our bank account to our, um, you know, worth as a person. Yeah. And the fact is the two things are completely separate and there, it is absolutely possible to develop new money beliefs and a new money mindset, but it definitely takes work. Yeah. And I think understanding when a sentence comes into your mind that is not serving you, just questioning it and saying, is it true that people who drive Mercedes are all bad people or whatever it is that, you, yeah. you know, um, you know, is it actually true that making a profit makes me a bad person? And I've actually seen this with some of my clients as they've been kind of rising in terms of their business success. They've had friends and team members who have accused them of being all about the money or all you care about is money. But meanwhile, behind the scenes, we're like ducks with our little legs going under the water trying to make the money situation work so that the business can continue and thrive and continue to employ the people who are now thinking the business is about something different. Yeah. So, yeah, I think just checking your beliefs about money and making sure that they actually are serving you and serving your business is the next step. Yeah, absolutely. And I've talked about money mindset on the podcast quite a lot. So I yeah. will um, I will put a few of the links to some of those episodes in the show notes. Yeah. Um, we spoke to Denise Duffield-Thomas. It was like I oh, think my awesome. third my third interview on the podcast. Wow. Um, Cause I've been in money boot camp for quite a long time, yeah. uh, but it's just, I think the main thing is just like you said, becoming super aware of your own thoughts when yeah. it comes to money. And I love, and I talk to my BBA ladies about this all the time. It's like, you know, I love talking about money. I love talking about building a profitable business because mm like wealthy women will change the world Absolutely. because we are compassionate. We are thoughtful. We reinvest money into our families, into the community, into other small businesses. Yeah. Like never for, for me, I'm just like, we can make such a massive difference mm. if we create profitable and sustainable businesses yeah. that impact everything around us in a positive mm. way. So yeah. yes, I love that. Yeah, and I think even going beyond that, I think business is what's going to change the world, not government. Yeah. And, you know, governments, um, I'm not going to say anything political about government, <laughs> but, you know, governments have so much that they're trying to manage. And I really think that, you know, this um, concept of kind of, you know, making the world a better place and doing things that are for the good of all, um, the government has such mixed, um, you know, all these competing priorities about what that might be, whereas business and good business, good business which is using business mm. as a force for good, is able to actually make massive changes in the world and, um, and that can be a really great thing for the world if it's a great business and it can be really detrimental to the world if it's not a good business. Mm. And that is the fundamental um, reason why I started my business was because I want the people making the world a better place to be able to thrive. Yeah. And, and I totally agree with everything you said about women mm. bringing others up with them. It's been proven mm. many times over. Yeah. Research. Yeah. Oh, it ain't Sunday, but we are preaching. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah. So... 
Yeah. So, yeah, the next thing I would say, you've, you've gotten familiar with your reports, you've had to think about what your money mindset is, and now you want to think about growing your income. Yes, and tell us how we grow our income. How do it? I know. <laughs> people are often quite surprised when I tell them that there's only two ways to increase your income, just two levers. And those levers are price and how often you sell something. Yeah. And when you think about it in that simple term, it's like, really? So all I need to do is pull one or both of those levers and then I will be able to make more income. Yeah. And so one thing that I see um, when, when you think about your income as being able to be increased by either changing the price or selling more of the thing or the, the time or the whatever, why would you want to sell more time in order to earn the same amount of money when you could actually do it by increasing your price? Mm-hmm. And another thing which I've um, I've had people sort of be quite shocked by is that putting your price up is really good for your ideal client. Yeah. Because particularly when you are a service provider, if you aren't charging enough money, you are going to be doing way more work than you should be and therefore your clients are having to wait longer to get the work they're not getting as good, um, the communication back and forth between you is probably not as good as it could be. And the work you're doing probably isn't your best because you're flustering, you're taking on all of this work because you're trying to get to this kind of income amount that's what you need to live on. But if you just stopped and thought about, well, if I increase my price, what would that mean? And that would mean that the client who really sees the value in your service, they are the ones who are going to be able to engage with you and they're going to enjoy all of the um, positives of that experience as opposed to waiting for you to finish working with all of the other, the other clients. Yeah. And so I think, um, you know, running around like a mad person trying to, you know, offer a service at a price that's not high enough you are never going to get anywhere. No matter how many hours you sell or how many widgets you sell, if you're not charging enough, you are just going to be building a bigger and a bigger problem for yourself to deal with. Yeah. And I just think the other thing with that as well is that you've got to really take a look at what kind of life you want to build with your business. Like how many hours do you want to be working? What does an optimal, like, you know, number of hours look like for you when it comes to your family or just your mental health or just your self-care or whatever else. So I think that, you know, kind of going back to what we very, the very first thing we talked about was the profitability. Like Mm. how much are you actually making per hour when you take out everything else? And, Mm. and is, are you actually ever going to make the amount of money that you really want to or need to Mm. like doing what you're doing at the price that you're doing it? Yeah. And often, um, like some of my clients, you know, they've told me how much they're charging for a particular service and I nearly fall off my chair and because they're just not charging anywhere near enough. Mm. And that, that makes people devalue that service. If you're charging $199 to do a full website audit of, and you're going to get a 50 page report telling everything that you could change in that website. I mean, that's not enough Mm. for a project like that. I don't know why I picked that as a random example. But, you know, you see people that are so good at what they do and they're just not charging um, the appropriate amount for that service. And And I think it comes back to money mindset. It does. It comes back to, well, I don't want to charge too much. People won't pay me that amount of money, all that sort of thing. And I've spoken about this before that Tara McMullen wrote an article ages ago called Don't Charge What You're, Stop Charging What You're Worth. Yeah. Like be commercial, like understand the market, be commercial in how you're pricing your product, understand the profit margin, like know the numbers in order to price well. Yeah. 
And also price is perception of brand quality and the work quality. Like if I see something for $200 that I know actually should be a thousand, I'm like, probably not good. Something's wrong with it. Yeah, probably yeah. not great work. Probably yeah. not going to be very like impressive of like when like when if I work with that person. Yeah, so I think that's so important too. Yeah, and I think particularly for service based professionals, if you're not charging enough, that client just does not have enough skin in the game to treat what you're doing seriously. Yeah, and then they're not going to get any value from it either. So yeah. nobody wins. Well, that leads on to my next topic, which is value, which um, lots of people use the word value. I even listened to your uh, last podcast with um, Trish from Chromatical, who is someone that I have worked with. Um, And yeah, she was talking about value from a brand point of view as well. And I think when we really break down the word value in the context of our pricing, value is um, you know, money is just an, ex- it's about measuring that exchange of value. And so when we're thinking about the value that we provide to our clients, we really need to think about what is the whole value here and how does that equate to price? Because I see so many clients or so many business owners out there who are trying to sell mangoes and somebody is coming to them looking for an apple And they're trying to shove that mango down the apple-wanting person's throat. And somebody who's looking for a mango is, sorry, looking for an apple is just never going to appreciate a mango. Mm. And so if you price your mango or your service or your product appropriately, the people who are actually looking for mangoes are going to find you. And the people looking for apples can find someone who provides them with exactly the value that they're looking for. Yeah. So... When we think about our income as an exchange of value, so i.e. I do this for you and you provide me with this amount of value in the form of money, it's a value exchange. Mm. And when we're charging the right amount and we're actually thinking about value, our clients are winning too. And so I think one of the things that we really need to look at is if you're feeling as though your business is has got some untapped potential there. So maybe you feel like you've hit some kind of a ceiling or you're just not sure how to get to that next level of income. You need to think about how you can provide more value to your ideal client and then charge for it. Mm. So I really don't advocate the idea in just putting your prices up just because you feel like it. I think that can be um, effective when you're in, you know, if you're really undercharging, Mm. absolutely. But if you want to increase your prices, you also need to be really great at communicating what additional value you are creating for your clients. Yeah. Because when your customers are getting exactly what they want from you, you have created a sustainable business model that will be able to um, have a lot of longevity. Yeah. Love it. So good. Yeah. So the way to grow your income is either price or sell more. Yeah. But you need to be pricing for value as well. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. What else do we need to be looking at? So the next thing to do is um, to really think about your business model. So a lot of people go into business just with this idea of, okay, I know how I'll market this and I know what I'll be doing, but they don't think about all of the other pieces of the business puzzle. And so there's a really great tool out there which you can access for free called the Business Model Canvas. And it is a tool that I absolutely adore. So there's plenty of YouTube videos about it. And it's basically a visual uh, representation of all of the parts of your business. And um, one of the examples they use, which really explains what a business model is, you think about Qantas, okay? So the business model that Qantas has is all about charging for value, their premium price. And in exchange for that premium price, you... The perception is that you're flying on a safer airline. There's a bit of that sort of Australiana kind of thing. Um, You're getting better service. You can go to the lounge before your flight. You can be a frequent flyer. It comes with all of these different um, components that allow them to charge for value. Then you look at, say, Jetstar or any of the more budget airlines. And what they have just sort of implemented is that They want to offer flexibility, booking online, 
Only pay for luggage if you want it. Only pay for food on board if that's what you want. And in order to be able to deliver that business model, they need to find a way of delivering that service with a lower cost. Mm -hmm. And they do that by having um, terminals that are further away that you have to walk an extra 10 minutes to get to. They only have one type of airline, so they're easier to service, et cetera, et cetera. And so you can see that they're delivering a great amount of value to their two different client sectors um, by using a different business model. One's a mango and one's an apple. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. And so if you think about your own business in the context of this sort of puzzle, what is your income? What what will the costs be to deliver that um, value? And core to the business model canvas is the idea of the unique value proposition. And it's very similar to your sort of USP in a marketing Mm. sense. And it's really about what is at the core of what you offer that is what makes people want to work with you. Yeah. And once you understand that, it's easy to understand how to build your your business around that. Yeah, awesome. And I think a lot of people don't really... You know, I kind of think that a lot of people don't go into a business with any idea around their brand strategy or their business strategy and their business model and things like that. It's just like, let's just see what happens. Yeah. And, and they kind of go that way. But I do think that you do have to stop at some point if you do want to grow and really take a look and assess like mm. what's working and does it need to change? And do we need to change our, you know, unique selling proposition uh, um, or positioning Uh, those sorts of things. But, yeah, I think that looking at your business model is so important. Yeah, and you can absolutely wing it. I've worked with lots of business owners who have totally winged it. Is that even a correct, grammatically correct? I'm not (laughs) sure. They've totally winged it for the first couple of years of their business and then they thought, I think this business has got legs. Let's, Let's put some structure around it. Yeah. And the business model canvas is a great way of doing that either on your own or with a consultant. Cool. Yeah. We'll have the link for that in the show notes as well. I'll go yeah, grab that too. That, yeah, that sounds it's, good. It's awesome. <gasps> now we're about to talk about my favourite thing. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely one of my favourites too. Yeah. Have so you talked talk about, about it on your podcast? Um, I think before? I've mentioned it. So yeah. this is Profit First. And I always want to call him Mike Wazowski because that's from That'll Monsters do. Inc. Yeah. That's not his name. It's Mike, Mike McCallowitz. Yeah. And he's got a book called Profit First. And when I read this a few years ago, it changed my business and the way that I looked at numbers. And it's just amazing. So let's talk about that, Me. Yeah. So look, I can't do it as good a job of explaining it as he can, you know, reading the book. And I do recommend that you actually read the book rather than trying to just kind of skip to the system. Yeah. But basically what he says is that most business owners know how much money is in their bank account, but they couldn't tell you how profitable they were or whether what percentage of their income was going to what parts of their business and that when we have money in our bank account it's kind of like when you have a fresh tube of toothpaste and when you got the fresh tube of toothpaste you're slapping that toothpaste on your toothbrush like crazy because you can and then when you get to the end of the toothpaste you're like squeezing every bit out you're cutting the middle of the container and getting every bit of toothpaste out so if you treat your business like you're somewhere closer to the end of the toothpaste container, it, it forces you to make really wise decisions about what you're spending your money on, okay? And I have got lots of clients using this system and I really think that it can work for any business, any size, as it just requires a lot of discipline and some tweaking along the way. And so the basic concept is that you end up with you know, let's go with five. You end up with five bank accounts for your business. The first one is the income account, which is where your customers pay you. The next one is your profit bank account. The next one along would be your owner's wages. The next one along would be your expenses. And the fifth one would be the ATO. So you decide um, either on your own or with the help of a finance person what percentage of your income needs to go into each of those buckets so that you're always going to have money for the ATO when the bill comes and that you're not overspending on your expenses because if there's no money in the bank account called expenses and you want to buy something, 
you need to make a decision about will I wait a week until there's more money in that account or am I going to take money from my own wages or my profit or the ATO? And the answer to those should be no. And so it really helps you to kind of really um, distinguish which expenses are really critical to your business and which ones are more in the nice to have column. Yeah. Okay. And fundamental to the system is that you pay yourself a wage out of every bit of income that you earn. And that may not be a huge wage, but I am so resolute that business owners need to be paying themselves a wage from their business from day one in most situations. And the profit bank account is all about giving yourself a bonus. So the idea with the profit bank account is you let that bank account build up over three months and then you look at what's there and you take half of what's there and spend it on something fun for yourself. Yeah. And you leave the rest there just as a kind of rainy day fund if needed. Yeah. And so it's such a monumentally simple system that works. Yeah. And, you know, particularly for product businesses where their product costs kind of come up at them and they think, God, how am I going to pay for this shipment? And it really helps them to really just nail down on, you know, how do I actually make this bit, the mechanics of this business work? And if there's not enough money in the account to pay for these things, I need to put my price up because clearly something isn't right. And so it just, it's such a simple way of organizing your business money or business cash to help yourself make decisions. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, for me, that's been such a massive shift for me in my business. Yeah. Um, Having those, I don't think I've got all of them. I've got most of them. Yeah. Uh, And so, yeah, and just even like making that change, and I shared this on Insta Stories the other day, is that I now pay myself forward. Yeah, Like by six or 12 months. Yeah. So if I get like a a lot of money, um, like it's, I I think I do 30, 30, 30, 10 about. Yeah. So it's like 30% tax, 30% pay profit, 30% expenses, although I'm trying to get that down to 20 so I can have more in pay profit. Yep. Um, And then 10% in super. Yeah. That's my division generally. Like, like not the exact numbers, but generally. Yeah. Um, And I've got my tax as well. And so even looking at like my zero profit and loss for this financial year, I can then work out what my tax is going to be on the profit and look Mm. at that account and go, do I have enough in that account? Because I have dipped into that account before. So I'm now, I've now got to be like, okay, I need to make sure that when I get to end of financial year or whenever tax is due, I've got that amount of money. So the clarity of all of that Mm. has just meant that even during the COVID period, like I've already got my salary paid up till the end of the year. So it just gives you so much more security to have those financial things sorted. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I can tell you that every single one of my clients went into COVID-19 healthier than I would say most other businesses out there because we're paying attention to how much money is in their bank. And, you know, the goal for a sort of larger business, so a business with like a payroll, so you've got staff, you you know, you've got things coming. Ideally, we have three months worth of expenses sitting in the bank. And that just means that if there's a hiccup or a a customer doesn't pay on time, Yes, we'll still pursue that customer for payment, but we've got that little buffer sitting there that we know we can get through for three or six months, depending on what the business is. Yeah. yeah. And it's kind of going back to just personal stuff, isn't it? It's sort of like when you're working, it's like try and have at least like three months salary in the bank yes. or at least a month or two, just so that if anything happens in emergency, you've got something there. And I think business is the same and a lot of businesses don't have that buffer. Yeah. And I think it's really important to to have that just for your own like peace of mind and yes it's just such a great system because it's simple and you can do it alone so you don't have to pay a consultant like myself to to do the system for you you can do the system on your own as long as you are tweaking and and paying attention to what's going on yeah Yeah. awesome yeah and so i'll have the links to that as well because i'm a massive fan yeah Uh, So what else do we need to be thinking about? 
So just like a lot of your other guests have said, having a plan. So having a plan for your finances. So um, there's plenty of templates out there. Um, I have templates as well and workshops that I run around putting together a financial forecast. We can put some of those links in the show notes too. Yeah, great. So, um, you know, what, what is my income going to look like for the next 12 months if everything goes the way that I want it to? What will the costs associated with that income be and how do, how do I need to plan for that? And when will my BAS be due or when do I need to factor paying in tax? Or I'm thinking about moving into a, um, a warehouse, so how am I going to come up with the deposit for that? So really just thinking ahead because the fact is most business owners don't know until it happens that your business is going to eat the most cash while you are growing. Mm. So just when you think everything is going amazingly, you're not, if you're not planning, you ain't going to have any money in that bank account Yeah. because growth takes money. Yeah. It just does. It's just almost impossible to grow a business without having a cash reserve and you can build that up yourself if you plan for it. So yeah. having a plan for your finances. Yeah, awesome. And I think the other thing with that, like I knew I wanted to work with somebody and so I saved for like quite a few months because it was well above what I would normally invest. But I knew that I wanted to do that. So having that plan, I was like, okay, if I save for the next three or four months, then Then I I can can then start working with them after that. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same, um, I might go off on a little tangent here, but this, the, the rise of using Afterpay and all of those services to pay for business um, products and services really concerns me. And I understand, I mean, using it for personal products as well mm. concerns me. Why have we gone in, in the space of 10 to 15 years, why have we gone from the idea of a lay-by where you pay something off to this idea that we buy something now and pay it off later. Mm. It's so financially dangerous and you bring that kind of behaviour into your business and it just means that you're kind of, you're doing the same thing we talked about earlier. You're just avoiding. You are avoiding the fact that you actually cannot afford that thing right now. Mm. And so um, the power of being able to save up for that coach you want to work with or that new laptop you want to buy and then being able to buy it and delaying the gratification of that. It's so powerful to know that you bought that thing because you planned for it and you, when the time was right, you were able to buy it. Yeah. Yeah. So I really think people using those afterpay kind of services for business um, products and services, maybe just have a think about that and whether Mm. that actually is serving you or if it's a kind of, avoidance mechanism Mm, interesting very good what else do we need to be thinking about so after we've made the plan this is the crux of the work that i do it's reviewing review and finesse and then review and finesse and then review and finesse yeah so all of the companies that i work with people are scared to put together a forecast because they think the point of a forecast is to guess accurately Mm. am i going to get it right well, that's not the goal. The goal is to have somewhere to work towards. Yeah. And so it's been proven that the best way to stay motivated is to show yourself that you are making progress. Mm-hmm. And that um, is for all parts of life. It's for health and fitness. It's for, um, you know, finances and it's for business. So when we can see that we are progressing towards our goal, we will be more likely to stay motivated towards that, yes. that goal. And so when we, um, on a monthly basis with all of my clients, we check in and we say, how are things tracking? Are things looking better or um, are they sort of lacking in some areas? Mm. What, what could we tweak here? Because we're actually, we're not generating as much profit as we'd like to. And in these businesses I work with where impact is at the heart of their business, if they're not making as much profit as we need, that means they're not able to make the impact that they want to make because impact requires profit in order to be able to deliver it. Yeah. So really just thinking about, um, you know, 
how do I, you know, how do I show myself that I'm getting somewhere? And the best way to do that is to have a system. It could just be in Google Sheets where you say, how much income did I want to earn this month and how much did I earn? How much did I budget for expenses and how much did I spend? And how much was my profit target and what was it? So you can do that yourself with not a lot of time. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And I've got two other points to talk through, although they really are quite sort of um, synonymous with each other. So really thinking about curating a profit mindset. So this has been the thread through our whole conversation is that, you know, profit is, you know, cash is king and what is in your bank account is the absolute truth. You can't, it's, it's absolute. Okay. And so when we think about profit, um, we need to have the right mindset in order to create a profit mindset. And this is something that I tell a lot of my clients when we first start working together is that. Profit is what happens when everything in your business is working. So when your prices reflect your value, your team is effective, your brand is working, your marketing is hitting the right people and you're managing your spending well, you will be profitable. And so if that's what you need to have in your mind in terms of your profit mindset is that this profit is the result of me doing everything in my business to the best of my ability rather than having this idea that profit is some other thing. Yeah. And, um, and then the last sort of point I have, which is in a very similar realm, is to cultivate intention. So I see people being very intentional with their marketing and their communication, but I don't see the same level of intention when it comes to their finances. Yeah. And so, you know, creating a profit takes a lot of intention and it really takes purpose. So you don't just wake up one morning and have a profitable business. Just like you don't wake up one morning and have a fantastic podcast. You know, I can only imagine the amount of time and intention. Like you've thought about this podcast, you've had some goals about why you wanted to do the podcast and how you wanted that to land for people. And so you've curated intention with this podcast mm. and it is successful. And so if we, if all business owners were able to cultivate intention with their finances and linking their purpose to their profit, then all of these businesses would be healthier and healthy businesses encourage other businesses to be healthy too. So that, that's my um, final kind of moment is, be intentional and spend time away from your business so that you're able to be intentional while you're working in it and on it. Yeah, I love it. I think that's so good, Faye. I think that I think that there has to be a coming together of the hard numbers and the intention and mindset and purpose. Like I yeah. think that that's the only way that it really works yeah. because otherwise if the numbers are not really leading you towards something bigger than the numbers, yeah, then it's going to feel really empty. Yeah. Yeah, you, you look at what people write about the summit syndrome. And, um, you know, one of my clients, which is Kate Toon, I think you've been on her podcast, you know, she talks about this summit syndrome as this thing that she was climbing towards. And then she got there and she thought, (laughs) what, what happens now? Yeah. And, you know, I think this, there's a lot of businesses out there that are really just striving towards this goal, thinking that it's going to make them happy but not realising that your business can give you satisfaction and fulfilment in every, you know, every year yeah. if what you're working towards really means something to you. Yeah, and I think that's the other thing. I mean, I, you know, I talk about, you know, the digi- like your digital vision boards and stuff like that. Like mine are very financially focused, but yep. they're set with intention of, paying the house off, being financially free, having Mm. an amazing travel life when all of this is over, like being able to have that freedom of only working three days a week. Like there's like, it's, it results in the life 
that I'm wanting to build more of for myself and my family. Mm. And so that's what that number means. But see, what underpins that is that you are providing such value to your clients and your people and your audience. And so the value that you're providing means that you are being paid an appropriate amount for your work and you're being intentional about your how you spend your money and the decisions you make and therefore the outcome is that you're you know you're living out your purpose yeah 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 awesome i love it such a good way for us to uh finish on a good note to finish on sophie uh, we did say so it's peach business on instagram what's your website yeah peachbm.com.au awesome well we will have all the links in the show notes i have loved 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 me too thanks for letting me talk about all of these topics that are so important yeah it's so good and just for anyone listening if you feel stuck if you feel like you're not sure what to do maybe connect with Faye and yeah I'd love to hear from you guys have a chat because if you want to create a sustainable and profitable business that is going to create the life that you want and help you serve the clients that you want, this is so important for you to really nail and get on top of. Uh, and I know Fee's passionate about it. I'm passionate about it. So take action and make sure that it's something that you're moving forward in your business as well. But thank you so much for well being said. on the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. I'm not going to lie. I find numbers sexy. Just so that you know, the sexy, imagine knowing all your numbers and knowing how much profit you're making and being able to affect that profit so that you're making more money, working less hours, scaling your business, investing in what you want to. That is sexy business talk, people. So if you are not doing that yet, uh, if you are, then well done. If you're not, would so encourage you to do that and I feel like and I know that I have guys listening to this podcast as well as women but I just want to say I want more women in business to take ownership of their numbers and take control of their business because when you know your numbers you can take control of your business but that's okay I'm gonna leave it there I'm not gonna keep preaching but I just think it's so important and so I really want you to have a think about how you're doing that in your business but listen that is it for another week if you enjoyed this episode which I hope that you did I really hope that you took notes head over to the show notes we've got all the notes there as well including the money mindset additional podcast episodes that we mentioned um, as well as some of the links that Fiona mentioned as well in this episode so you can go check that all out but if you enjoyed this episode, I would love you to leave a review because that's how helps other people find us. And I would love you to share it on socials. So wherever you like to hang out, but if you do share it on the gram, then make sure you tag Fiona and myself because I would love you to share it with your community. I think we need to talk about money more. I think we need to share this kind of content, information, training and teaching more. And I'm also super excited because Fee is actually going to be a guest masterclass presenter in the next live round at Brand Builders Academy because we are going to be nailing money telling you i love talking about it but that's it for another week the music to this podcast is brought to you by ixon on soundcloud i'm loving the dance vibes have an awesome week and until next time make sure you keep playing big and branding bold Yep, still dancing. Are you dancing? I'm dancing.